0: Good morning everyone, so glad to be back. Um, We were in Mexico last week, got a picture. uh, The structure we built, uh, super excited. 17 people from both campuses went and it was actually uh, my 10th time going with Casas Por Cristo. The reason why I bring this up is that next week we start a new series called Go, where we are gonna be talking about going to locally, going globally, going and being the hands and feet of Jesus, and you're going to hear more about that, but uh, uh, just a great week. I heard Cam did a great job last week, he always does, and uh, that's why he's on vacation, because he can only preach one time without going on vacation, so (laughs) So wears him out, y'all, wears him, he can sing all day long, start preaching, and got to go on vacation, so we are in the last message of the first part of Romans, which is really confusing if you're here today for the first time. We, we are doing Romans all year. We just broke it up into four parts. And today is the fourth message of the first part. So next week, we'll do a different series. We'll come back to Romans a little bit later. And so it is the fourth message of the first part. And all three messages have been leading up to this message. Uh, not that it is more important, but it is just Paul explaining as if he were an attorney what he is trying to tell these people about following Jesus Christ. And this section, when we started thinking about this section, we tried to come up with a word that would describe this, uh, these four chapters that we're in. And the word is justified. The word's justified. And so the word justified is a legal term meaning made right— or righteous account settled like it is like an accounting term a legal term that the count is settled It is paid in full that, that you are made right you are made righteous And and that is what Paul has been talking about in each of these messages and today He culminates that by saying the same thing three different ways you're gonna hear me in just a second but before we get into the message um I want to ask a question. How many of you are germophobes? Anybody? This, this, look, I am. People make fun of me all the time. I'm not. Oh, nobody's raised. Come on. Come on. You know you are. You know. I'm not as bad as what people make me out to be. Like, I can eat stuff off the floor. It doesn't bother me. I just don't want to hold everybody's hands. You know what I mean? And, If somebody's sick, I don't really want to hug up next to them. I just, I just, I will, you know, I will. I just, it's not my, I usually go wash my hands right after that is what usually happens. But it's funny that we don't think we're germaphobes, but the truth is that we spend a lot of time and money trying to keep from getting sick. As a matter of fact, does anybody want to take a stab and you can, this is your audience participation time, take a stab for know how much money has been spent in 2023 so far just on cold remedies. Anyone want to take a stab over 10 plus billion dollars just in the first two months. That we, we, we have this thing that we, we, we may not say we're afraid to be, get sick, but we don't like being sick. We want to try to lessen the sickness. We, we, we like to try to do things like uh, take airborne or emergency or zinc. Anybody do any of those things? Okay, you're, you're a germ freak. All right, so anyway. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We social distance. We stay away. We try to do all these things. And in this section right here, you're going to see that we have a sickness, and it's called sin. We have this sickness called sin, and we've been dealing with it our whole life. And the truth is, we've been trying all these remedies, all these different things. Well, well, I, maybe if I did this, maybe if I did that, maybe if I did this. And, and all, all along, God has been telling us that, that we could be justified, that we could be made right. This sickness could be healed through the person of Jesus Christ. That's what this whole section is about, that we could be made right through Jesus. Look at the scripture right here, Romans 3. He says, for everyone has sinned. We went over this a, a couple weeks ago, that if you wonder if you have, you have, you've sinned. You've done something, you've stolen, you've lied, you've done something. And we, we grade it and we go, I'm not as bad as that person. And it really, it's irrelevant to the, to the situation that all have sinned. And so all have fallen short of God's standard. That God has a standard, and the standard is perfection. You may not agree with this standard, but that is the standard. And you and I are not perfect. We're not. We're not perfect. And so because we have not uh, been perfect, because we have sinned, we can't ever meet this standard. Yet God in his grace, freely makes us right. He makes us right, that term justified. He makes us justified in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. That you and I have this sickness that we've been dealing with our entire lives that we try to come up with these remedies, these home remedies, you know, gargle with salt or, or put, put uh, vapor rub on your chest. We, got, we try to do this with sin. I'll try to do this. I'll try to do that. I'll try to do this. And then I'll be made right with God. And he's saying, no, 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 no. This, this whole section right here is this one moment that you need Jesus Christ that you have been set free from sin that you have been justified you listen to me hear me on this that you have been made right in the sight of a holy god and you're not holy and i'm not either listen to me but we've been made right before god because of jesus christ that's what the whole entire section is about and so i'm going to say the same thing three different ways because that's what paul does and the first is this i've got a, and i've got a hustle that we are justified by faith, not by works. See, our first thing that we try to do to self-remedy, we think to ourselves, well, I just need to work harder. I need, I need to do more. I need, I, need, I need to do more good things. And you've heard me say this in, I think it was week two, that we live in this world that we think if I do more good things than I do bad things, then I'm going to heaven. And it just simply doesn't work like that. As a matter of fact, years ago, someone in the church had a relative who passed away. They asked me to come over to the house. Went over to the house, and they they were talking to me about doing the funeral, and I I was trying to get some information about the person. I wasn't trying to, to do anything but just. And so I simply asked a question. I said I said, were they a believer in Jesus Christ? Did they go to church? I I I'm trying to get some background, and I'll never forget what they said. They said he didn't need to. He was good. And so many times in our lives. Our home remedy is we think I will be good that if I'm better than you or I'm better than a a murderer or a child molester, then God's going to accept me. And and, and Paul is going to share these scriptures with us that you and I could not do enough good things. We could not do enough good things to earn our way into heaven. We can't. It's impossible. It'd be like trying to jump to the moon. Now, you may be able to jump really high, but I don't think anybody here can jump to the moon, can they? Not in the greatest basketball player. Michael Jordan can't jump to him. You're going to fall short, not just a little bit short, way short of where God wants you to be and where, he, where you need to be. And so he gives us this example. He's going to talk about Abraham. We'll walk through the scriptures right here. Justified by faith, not by works. He says, Abraham was, humanly speaking, And he's going all the way back because Abraham was the the leader of the Jewish people. The Jewish nation was built out of him that God gave him this promise. You're going to have a son and you're going to have thousands of descendants. Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of the Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If good deeds had made him accepted to God, he would have had something to boast about. And here's the truth. We do want to do this, don't we? We want to tell God, I'm working the program, don't we? That I'm doing good. I'm do- like, this, I do this all the time when I sin. I, f- I feel like I have to work my way back into God's good graces. Is anybody else try to do that? That we try to do, this like, I've messed up, and I'm like, I tried, well, I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to pray more. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some money. I'm going to help the homeless. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to work back into your good graces because that's what we feel like as human in our relationships, that we get things right with other people. But that's not how we're made right with God. We do those things because we are saved, not because we we try to be saved through those things. We do those things because we are in God's graces, not to earn his grace. That's not what, what happens. And so he's telling us that no one can boast about it, but that's not God's way. Then he goes on to say, For the scriptures tell us that Abraham believed God, that it was all about faith. We spent the first four weeks of the year listing different people, ordinary people in the Bible, who simply had one thing, faith. They had faith. They had faith to do this, faith to do that, faith to do that, faith to do that. And then he lists Abraham. We were leading to this point, this moment right here, that you and I, we are made righteous before God through one thing and one thing only, faith in Jesus Christ. Man, this ought to make you feel great. Great. This ought to be the best news you've ever heard, that it's not through our works. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. So. There's a part of us that we love to work and feel proud about working. They say that. The reason why people like cutting grass, because it is one of the things in your life that you can look at and go, it's done. Now, it doesn't stay done, does it? But in that one moment, you ever done it? You ever cut grass? You went, you got through and you looked at it and you go, that looks good. You do, you know, because it's done. It's done. And we, and in the same sense, spiritually, we're not, when in our lives, we feel like if I'm working, like, God, look, I served today. That was good, wasn't it? And it is good. It is. It's good. Or I gave, I, I, I gave money today. I helped a homeless person. I gave today. And it's good. It is. It's really good. And you, and you ought to do those things. But those things don't save you. They don't save me either. It's not through our works, it is through faith in Jesus Christ so that we can't boast because we have this tendency that I want to do it myself, I want to earn it myself. David spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who declared righteous without working for it. Now, this goes against everything in America, didn't it? That we think that, man, you work for it, you earn it, then you can be happy about it. But he says, no, no, no. When it comes to your salvation, when it comes to uh, your eternity, that you get to have joy because you didn't work for it. He says, oh, the joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. Whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sins. That, man, we just simply can be happy and enjoy the moment that we are not saved by works. We can't work ourselves there. There's not enough good works for you to do or me to do. So, I want to say this to you. If you're here today and you've sinned this week, or, man, you're struggling, hear me. Your answer is not to work harder. Your answer is to put your faith in Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you've accepted Christ, and, man, you, you are struggling in your faith, and you feel like, man, I am not living right, that I'm caught up in something, listen, your answer today is not to work harder. Your answer is to simply turn back to God. Turn back to Him, because you are saved because of your faith in Jesus Christ, not by your works. Second thing, same thing, same statement, said a different way. We are justified by grace. Not by law, justified by grace. Not by law. Now this is going to get a little weird. You've heard me talk about the Bible. The Bible gets a little weird sometimes. Okay. We're going to talk about circumcision. (laughs) Say what? You know, in our in our culture, we have a lot of things that that are status symbols to us. It's our education, our abilities. Our money, it can be as simple as the car we drive, the clothes we wear, the house we live in. That we, 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 don't, we, we don't go around saying this, but the truth is they're, they're, they're status symbols. We see somebody driving a Mercedes, what do we think? They're rich. It's a status symbol. And I'm, I'm like, if you're driving a Mercedes, praise God, give, give some money to the church when you get a chance. So anyway. <laughs> But we all have a bunch of status symbols. Maybe, maybe you have a tattoo. You love tattoos, you hang around people, or piercings, or, or maybe it's hobbies you have, or sports teams, that these things that we connect. Well, here's the, here's the truth. In the Jewish culture, in the Jewish culture, listen to me, you're gonna think this is so weird. The status symbol was circumcision. It was. That you were a nobody. You were a nobody. Unless you're circumcised. Now, ladies, you're going, well, that excludes us. I get that. But the truth is, in that culture, it was a male-dominated culture back then. As a matter of fact, it was such a big deal that when they made agreements, that they would check and see, this is gonna get a little weird, whether the person they were making an agreement with was actually circumcised, because that was the covenant. Now, I'm not saying we need to do that anymore. I'm glad that's gone. But the truth is that Paul's going to talk about circumcision. But what he's really saying is this. A lot of times we try to save ourselves by following all the rules. And there certainly are rules. But he's going to tell you that you're justified by grace, not by following all the laws. So I'm going to walk through these scriptures, uh, make some make some statements here. So here we go. He says, now this blessing, is this blessing only for the Jews? He's talking about being, being made right in God's sight. Or is it also for the uncircumcised Gentiles? Again, this is a big deal back then, not a big deal to us. Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted righteous by God because of his faith. But how did this happen? Was he counted righteous Only after he was circumcised. See, God gave Abraham this command that you've got to go and circumcise all the people. This is going to be a sign of the covenant. But the truth is that he was made right before God. The, the scriptures say that he was made right before God. Before that ever happened, and he's given. Paul's giving this example that it's not by obeying laws. See, the Jews were were so proud that they followed all the laws. You ever been around somebody like this? That so you get around people that they 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 immediately tell you, I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't do that. They're they're so proud that they they follow all the raw, the laws, or or the, I don't do that. And look at that person, blah blah blah. And he Paul is reminding us that it's not our law. Log- abiding ability that has saved us. It is Jesus Christ that has saved us. And we are to follow the laws, again, not because we hope to be saved. We do it because we are saved. And he's reminding us, using circumcision as an example. Again, a weird, weird analogy for us, but for the people at that time, it was spot on. He was counted righteous only after, was he counted righteous only after he was circumcised, after he was circumcised, or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. Circumcision was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and cleared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised, which in that culture was people like us, people who were not Jewish, which is, again, a weird, weird, weird way of describing this. And so let me say this to you. If you're here today and you're trying to save yourself by following all the rules, why don't you stop? Why don't you just simply accept the fact that Jesus loves you and he died on the cross and he has made you right in his sight because I'm gonna share something with you. You can't follow all the rules. I can't either. We're not good enough. I'm not saying the rules aren't important. We have the Ten Commandments. The, the, the scriptures have a lot of uh, commands about loving people and doing things and, and, and loving God. But those things don't save us. Jesus Christ saves us. That we do those things, and I'm gonna I've said it over and over again, but I want you to hear we do those things because we are saved. Not in order to be saved and those things get really twisted sometimes So if you're here today and you're struggling to follow the rules, you are in good company because I am too But I'm not saved by following rules. I'm saved by Jesus Christ And then the scripture goes on to say They are counted as righteous because of their faith and Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised but only if they had the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. Again, pounding out this point. Which leads me to the last one. Saying the same thing in a different way. We are justified by resurrection power, not by human effort. Chad, throw that that picture of that house up there again. Of that Mexico house. Can you do that for me? Let me ask you a question. 17 people paid money to build that house for this family. A family of six. Mom and dad, four kids. Do you think that he could have built that house himself in this culture? Now, there's a part of you, that's saying. I thought about, this the thing, well, he, he could have had a family member that went across the state line and won the lottery and came back and gave him some money. Could have had that. There's a chance. Or he could have somehow got lucky and landed this great job, that, this great job that he all of a sudden started making a lot of money. He could build this house himself. Or somebody could have died. Maybe he has a, a long-lost relative that lived in the states, gonna, that died and passed away, and is going to leave their family some This is this is not about us. This is just, and every analogy breaks down. But this is just simply saying that he did not have the power in his culture to build that house for his family. Because if he had, guess what? He he would have already done it. So many times when it comes to our salvation. We are trying so hard, and, and, and this whole last point is about that you're saved by resurrection power, not by human effort. And that I think that we have this same concept, that we think that maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe when God, when, when I die, and I'm, you know, we have these thoughts, so I, you know, I'll go up to heaven and, and St. Peter be there, and maybe I, it'll just be my lucky day. Man, I hope that's not your strategy. I'm serious. That's kind of like hoping that you know, the, the traffic's not going to be bad. That's one thing to do with traffic. It's another thing to do with eternity. I hope that's not your strategy that maybe, maybe I'll get lucky or maybe I'll catch God on a good mood when he's in a good mood and he's in a good mood. He's just going to say, oh yeah, come on. It's no big deal. And I hope that's not your strategy. I hope your strategy isn't that, man, I'm just going to put, you know, it's going to be all about me and my human effort and everything, but I hope you see this last point that you are justified because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The basis of Christianity, that you are justified, that you are made right with God, not because of your effort, but because of God's effort. That it's all about him, all about his effort, all about his work, all about his power. And so the scriptures here talk about it. He says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. God made Abraham a promise that you're going to have a son. Abraham was old in age, and and God said, hey, you're going to do it. And Abraham believed him. He believed him, even though it didn't happen for a long time. He believed him, and he had some moments of doubt, but he still believed In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do what he promises, and this is what we base our faith on, that God is able to save us. He promised to save us through Jesus Christ, that he is able to do what he promised, and because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die for our sins and he was raised to life. That resurrection power made us right with God. That it's not our effort; it's God's effort. It's not our work; it's God. It's not our, our fault. It's what God does. And Paul has been hammering this, hammering hammers. And so, this is what I say to you: You know, Jesus said this. We use this so many times in, in, in sermons when we come to this moment. But maybe it'll, it'll, maybe it'll, it'll be powerful today. Jesus said this. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You know what Jesus is saying? Quit trying to do it all yourself. Quit trying to be good enough. Quit trying to follow all the rules and make sure you got every T crossed and every I dotted. Quit trying to do it through your effort. Place your faith in me and let me change you. That's what the message is today. And I've got a statement here. Forget the statement. You and I are in right standing with God simply because of Jesus Christ. Walk in that today. Live in that today. Trust Jesus. That he has the power to save you and he has the power to change you. And I'm going to pray for you. Father, we come to you. Lord, we all have this—just this, this, uh, this desire to do it ourselves. That we live in a culture that values hard work, and if you don't work, then you don't earn, and if you don't earn, then you don't get things. And so when we talk about placing our faith in you and getting grace and receiving mercy, and and being saved, and having eternal benefits, and everything. Lord, sometimes it's hard for us, and we all fight this tendency that that we have to do these things. So Lord, I pray right now. I pray for us to rest. To find our rest in you, that you've saved us. that we are justified, that we have been made right in your sight. Lord, I pray that we have joy because of this on days that we're doing good, on days when we sin, on days when we fail, on days where We don't think we're worthy of anything, that we just hear your word saying, no, 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 no. You are right in my sight. You accepted my son. We have Christ in our lives. And so, Lord, let us walk in this truth today with joy. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, listen, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, we would love to talk to you. I'll be down front. Or if you need to talk to someone, or maybe you're struggling today, whatever. You want to talk to somebody, you've been questioning your salvation, whether you're really saved, don't walk out of here just thinking that I'll do it next week. Get it right today. Next week, we start a new series called Go. I'm super excited about it. Hope you'll see, uh, see you. Bring somebody with you. See you.